Hey everyone, welcome back to Unlock Meaning, where we explore the strategies and tools to live a life of meaning and significance in every season of your life. I'm your host, David Brolman, and I dream that you can live a life filled with purpose and passion. Thank you for tuning in to become happier, more fulfilled, and more passionate. Each week, I'm revealing tips, strategies, and mindsets that enable me to live a life of purpose and significance as a Christ follower, scientist, and executive biotech leader, and humanitarian. I'm also having conversations with people from all around the world who stopped playing it safe and instead shoot for something bigger that will make this world a better place so that you can gain new perspectives on living life with meaning and purpose. You can also find us on MyMeaningInLife.com. Let's get started. Feeling lonely? In this episode, I'm going to show you five powerful ways that you can overcome loneliness and start living the life you want. Hey there, my name is David and welcome back. Today I'm going to talk about something that a lot of us deal with at some point in our lives. Loneliness. Have you felt lonely? I have. A lot of people think that being single means being lonely, but that's not always the case. There are plenty of ways to overcome loneliness and start living the life you want. So if you're feeling down and out, make sure to stick around because I'm going to share you with you some powerful tips with you that will change your life for the better. As I approached my 30s, I became lonelier. You know, some friends moved abroad, others got married. I moved to the city where I had gone to school and stopped returning to my hometown on weekends. And away from my childhood friends, I didn't know how to meet new people because in Switzerland, it's almost impossible to get to know someone in a restaurant, cafe, bar, or wherever you go. It's actually even weird. And people... When you start talking to somebody, it's like, hey, who are you? Why are you talking to me? You know, people go out with their friends and usually aren't interested in meeting new people. So my first weekend in the city, I now called home. I stayed in my apartment because I just didn't want to go out. I was afraid, actually, not knowing what else to do. So for what seemed like hours, I walked from the living room to my bedroom and then back again, hoping for inspiration. And I watched a few videos on the internet. I even tried to read, but I didn't get far because my loneliness distracted me. One weekend alone became two, two became four, and four became dozens of weekends spent by myself and lonely. And I dreaded the question at work on Monday morning. Hey, David, how was your weekend? What did you do? Hmm. Well, I didn't want to say I was alone and it was horrible. No. So what would they think about me if I said such a thing? But then I realized as a single, I had to learn how to spend time by myself and to enjoy it. In short, I decided if I wanted 
to live a fulfilled life, I needed to figure out how to overcome loneliness and find happiness regardless of my marital status. So here is how you can overcome loneliness as a single person. Number one, learn to appreciate solitude. Because without great solitude, no serious work is possible. Some very intelligent people have appreciated the immense value of solitude. For instance, Picasso, like Picasso who said, actually, that's his quote. He, I realized that the way from the busyness of community, our empathy replenishes, creative ideas surface, and mental strength grows. Priorities become clear again, and suddenly we notice God's gentle whisper saying, I am with you. Really? Are you with me? Oh, wow. I did not notice it. And to my surprise, I discovered that I needed space to be alone and replenish my soul. I found many fun ways to enjoy my solitude too, such as reading, watching inspirational videos, and having private jam sessions on the piano. I also developed the art of relaxation, which had been missing from my young adulthood. And I learned to no longer feel alone when spending time by myself. You know, I changed my negative perception, comprehending that being alone didn't mean I had to feel lonely. And today, I've completely overcome my fear of being alone. Well, I do understand I need to balance my time alone with the time I spend with others. Because you know what? Staying alone is safe. Why is that? Because nobody bothers me. And I get to choose what I want to do without having to consider someone else's desires. That's cool, isn't it? Hmm? You know, that makes life much more comfortable. But please don't be afraid. I'm not a solitary caveman. No, no, I still love to hang out with people. But I appreciate that solitude is actually pretty cool. And I will not encourage you to hide in a cave either. That's not the point. I do enjoy quality time with my friends and recognize also its value in my life. But I want to, and my point is, is I've, you know, I've learned to strike a balance between spending time with others and time spent in solitude. And you know what? Both are important and enjoyable parts of my life now. Number two, realize that you are not alone. What? Are you serious? I spent all my nights and evenings alone. And you want to say me, or you want to tell me, David, that you are not alone? Yes, hold on a second. Recently, I attended a party at my brother's place where I was reminded that I am different. Nobody mentioned it, though. Nevertheless, pretty much everybody at the party was in a relationship. And most of them already had kids. And I just realized in that moment I was alone and I didn't fit in. You know, this weird guy coming from Mars somewhere with this crowd. You, you get the picture. In the moments like that, I struggle with this verse. Then the Lord, God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. But how does this Bible verse apply to me? Does it mean I'm not complete as a single? But wait a minute. Consider this verse. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And here's the important part, which means 
God with us. And with this statement, Jesus promised we are never truly alone. Let me say it again. We are never truly alone. No matter what your social media relation status is, single, married, divorced, or whatever, complicated, I don't know. God is with you. And it became real when he sent his only beloved son, Jesus, to be with us on earth. But you may ask, are you serious? Am I really never alone? How is that even possible? And even now, when everybody has found their Mrs. or Mr. Better Half, like, how can I not be alone? Well, the answer is yes, you are not alone. And I am not alone. God said that it wasn't good for us to be alone. And then in his grace, he provided a way we would never truly be alone. And that's not tied to whether we are in a relationship or not. He made the promise and God sent his son, Emmanuel, who is with us, period. Let this idea sink in. Through his son, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God has provided constant companionship and assistance for all of us, regardless of our marital status. So God is our life giver and foundation, and we depend on him. Without him, we lack purpose. When we do not recognize his presence in our lives, we may look for a substitute. And that's often a partner, right? When I'm not careful, I look for a girlfriend to fill the void inside of me. But then I remember only God can complete us because he knows us much better than we know ourselves. He knows our deepest feelings, needs, and longings. We need him. We can be sure that he will never leave us or forsake us. Hence, we are never, never, never truly alone. This leads us to the third point. Understand that God cares and will make up for all you lack. When we experience God's closeness, we are also assured he cares. And that is when our fear of what's lacking will disappear. We can rest easy knowing that God will compensate us for anything missing in our lives. As singles, this knowledge of God's compensation can help us prepare for marriage. Because no spouse, not even the best one we could ever imagine, can satisfy all our needs and give us what we need when we need it night and day. It's not possible. Such expectations are not realistic and would put enormous pressure on him and on her. We will have much better marriages if we learn to go to God with our worries and rely on him to provide us with whatever we may be missing. And your future spouse will appreciate that you did. You will be a gift for your future spouse. And also knowing our father cares about us makes us more relaxed. We will face many issues, obviously, big and small, as both single and married people. And here's the thing. If we learn to rely upon God's provision in any areas of our lives, we can stop worrying because we know he will care for us all the day of our lives. Number four, learn to leverage technology. Yes, I mean it. Well, I didn't like technology and here's the thing. In this age of social media, you would think single people would have an easier time 
connecting and forming a sense of community. But that's just often not true. We haven't learned actually how to talk to each other. It's so much easier to take the phone and send a message, right? Have you already done that? Well, I have done this. Somebody calls you and you're not answering, but then you're texting back. Have you done that? You know, sometimes we're so afraid actually to talk to somebody when somebody's calling. Perhaps this sounds familiar to you and you just text a few seconds later and ask him what he wants or if, and if you're interested, you call him back. Why do we do this? Because are we afraid of spending too much time connecting with other human beings? Or could it be that social media pushes us away from real connections? And it bothers me that sometimes I choose to be alone to avoid dealing with other people. At these times, my isolation is a choice I'm making. Coming back to the technology and, you know, the thing I hated, early in 2020, I got this strong impression that I should start an online hangout with other singles. And I was like, no way, like, this is weird. Like, I don't know who's going to show up. Uh, how is this going to work? It's like, no way. I want to meet people. But since we could not travel, we could not leave our countries, it was the only solution, only option to connect. And I realized that probably this was a Holy Spirit moment. And I started this hangout. And now, yeah, we're still running it. You know, at first, I was afraid to launch that myself because... I wasn't sure if I could do it well. I was worried, will people really like it? Can I engage them in an open and proactive conversations? Will I find it weird to connect with people actually I've never met in person? You know, a lot of doubts. Well, eventually I did it. When you have a strong impression, God's love language is, is obedience. Just do it. Just do it. Don't ask how it's going to work. It worked somehow miraculously. Probably not because of me, more like despite of me, I don't know. Anyways, I started up the virtual hangout and after our first session, we all concluded it was a success. To my surprise, yes, it was a success. We'd meet again soon. And we discovered chatting online was a great way to communicate with others, especially during that particular time. And now it's been more than two and a half years or two and a half years yeah, it's close to two and a half years and we're still doing it. There's still a need and it's amazing. It's just amazing to meet with other people and to have such a diverse crowd. That's amazing. So why not take a chance or two to meet other people? I'm sure many other singles are waiting for someone to reach out to them because they're feeling lonely too. So let's be the ones who make the leap of faith and grab the phone, send a link or whatever you might find useful um, what kind of technology and number five is challenge yourself to find a community that's new to you you know god walks alongside us and he can give us the strength and courage we need to join a community that's new to us sometimes we need to be creative in finding one where we feel belong as i did with my online hangout and I enjoy being part of a church small group. So if you have a church small group or a great church where you live, fine, definitely connect. That's a great place to meet great people. And in that setting, I experience intimate moments in the presence of God and my peers. And oftentimes we begin these small group sessions by sharing a meal. And that's such a great way to chat. And hey, how's it going? What's going on in your life? And <laughs> 
Yeah, I've had many encouraging, funny, exciting and touching conversations at the dinner table. So yeah, find, find a group. It will change your single life. So I encourage you to think about what kind of community you can plug in yourself into. There are great Facebook groups. There are great church small groups. There are great sport groups, whatever. Use technology, go somewhere, do whatever think is possible. And take a few minutes now to reflect on some practical steps you can take to connect to a community that's new to you. Wrapping all the things up now we've seen is we can find intimacy and closeness no matter our relationship status. Whether you're single, whether you're married or divorced. And when we understand that the quality and quantity of intimacy we experience does not depend on other person, but rather on our relationship with God, we can relax. Yeah, we can relax. By trusting in God, we can overcome loneliness and find happiness in our single season. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. When we respond to God's calling, we find true joy and meaning. We have amazing resources waiting for you on our website, mymeaninginlife.com. If you've enjoyed today's session, please share it with your friends on your socials and help us review it on the platform you found us on. See you next time.